Team, family, squadron, people of the grit and not of the grit. I'm excited. It's electric in here. Yeah. More bodies than usual. Yeah. We've got a super special edition of the landing pad planned. We've got three of the young upstart young wave bucks. makers, mm-hmm. the Bucks, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. We've got Drew Wood. We've got our guy Luke Loffenberg. We've got P. Strick, Swaggy P. Preston Strickland. Uh-huh. I can't wait for what we've got planned. But as of right now, welcome out to yet another episode of the landing pad. East of the Scarf, do you copy? Where's the captain? Prepare for land. Are we supposed to be landing? Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. What a day. Thanks for having us on. So when I first walked in, these three are just freestyling on the mic, and I just felt like I was like 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 babysitting because they were all so stoked. <laughs> it's a different type of energy today. Like usually you got like the old salty dogs, like okay, I've got my notes here, I got prepared. These three guys are just like just vibe masters, Cru- crusty spreadsheets, <laughs> yeah. Excel, and these guys just whip their phones out. It's like all right, let's do this pounding thing. away on their accounting calculator. Yes, and that is just so different. You guys, we are super excited to have you. Right, you guys, the theme of this podcast, we wanted to get some young blood, right? Obviously, we had uh, Jackson Curtis on earlier. We feel like a lot of rookies that listen to this, we want them to get something from this podcast, right? So we couldn't think of three. I mean, we're going to have a ton of the sophomores on over the summer. Spoiler, the landing pad will continue during the summer. Oh, yeah. Yes. But with Preston, Drew, and Luke, you guys are very different, right? You guys are all from different walks of life, different ages, different... Some of you prepared more. Some of you had slower starts. So we felt like this is a really good group to dive in and get different perspectives. They have one thing in common. And that is? They all ripped. That is that is something. They all crushed. Yeah. They executed. Yeah. And that's why they're here. Can't so wait. Getting right into it, let's start with some grit news. I think. I mean, if you don't know about this, if you didn't see this, if you didn't go to this, where have you been? What are you doing with your life? And... I feel bad for you. Dude, it was nuts. It was we're, nuts. We're talking about the Grail Jam. Those that were there, it turned out, I mean, first of all, shout out Josh, Mark, Jake. I mean, the whole team, Thread, MFG. Like, holy crap. Look at our Instagram. The videos that are going to come from this were absolutely unreal. I mean, from your guys, the younger squad, I mean, I think that even this old salty dog and myself, age 29, I enjoyed it. I'm sure that your guys. Oh, it was the craziest night of my was- life. By far the best event, like this whole off season. Yeah, <laughs> possibly down. in the last ten years. Like that was crazy. Dude, it was it was wild. Red Bull. A- anyway, dude, like Red Bull was there. Thrifthood was there. Cooperative was there. NBA Elf was there. Already gone was got there. The, uh, the the NBA Elf was there, dude. It, like the pros, the amount of pros we had. The to skiing, win. the the ramp. The it was just gold like, medalist was a judge. The food trucks. It was just like what like what is happening? No, the snow ended up working out. We didn't have to hire the concrete boys or Devin the boys to scoop uh, forty eight thousand. That's how much. That's how much snow we used. Forty eight thousand pounds of ice. To turn into the snow. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if that would have flown. No. Shout out to everybody that made it happen. It was an awesome event. We'll see what happens next year. I don't know if we can go bigger, but we probably will. Oh, no. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure At it all costs. out. Great night, though. What a, what a night. Uh, next up, this Monday, Rookie Rodeo. Sadly, you three cannot participate anymore. You guys are officially salty 
sophomores. <laughs> so, salty sophomores. Partially, partially <laughs> salty sophomores. Low sodium sophomores. Here we go. Yeah. Rookie rodeo will be awesome. 24 people competing. If you're a rookie, be there, whether you're competing or not. We have a food truck. I think it's a taco truck. And we have a drink truck as well. Kind of fair vibes. Come, go, listen to some pitches, take some notes, compare yourself, where you at versus where you should be at, so on and so forth. Should be great. Show up and support the rookies. Four to seven. Four, Four to, seven to seven at Aptive HQ. Don't plan on being there the whole time. It's going to be fair vibes like like Garth is saying. Yeah. Show up, clap loud, give these rookies some support. A lot of these guys have been absolutely grinding. Yes, they are all grinding this offseason. So, absolutely wild. Last, last announcement. We got to. We got to. Brother Mark, man. Happy birthday, bro. I think 24. I think that's what hey he said. Boy. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday dude. Birthday. What a guy. He's what not a, a bad guy. guy. No. One of the best. Owner of multiple companies. Just, just The guy has just done so much in the 24 years of life, and we all love him. If you see him, wish him a late happy birthday because you're listening to this tomorrow. And his birthday is today. We love you, Mark. All right. Easton. Here we go, guys. We got a return and report. <laughs> Locks of the week. Now, we just had a couple of the best betting weeks of the entire year. Mm-hmm. And uh, our guy RJ was pretty hot. Oh. Our guy RJ was pretty hot. He had two mortal locks the first week of March Madness. and They both hit. And then he gave me two more. Those both cash. So RJ is, is feeling rather hot. Four this, for four in four his for four. mortal locks. And his and now, obviously, he's whiffed on some days. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Free money. Yeah, I go. I mean, it's it's free money, but like, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, can I just say the Kentucky money line was just an L for RJ? I felt so bad. Oh yeah, it was, he yeah yeah that was a little spooky. He took them all guy. the way to the end, and because of him, I had them going all the way end. So my bracket was busted in five seconds. Yeah, no, I uh, I've been writing UNC since round one. You have and been. They have been extremely profitable for the branch manager. They put the peacocks away. Yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I was heavy on that one. Yeah. But we've got another lock, UNC Duke. I'm a little spooked out. I want to keep riding the Tar Heel train. Just don't know if it's going to shake out that way. You never know. But I still want to have action on the game. Mm-hmm. The lock of the week this week, I love the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring defensive showdown. I think we're looking at like a 72 to 68 type beat. Which is 150, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that not right? No, no, no. We're under there. Oh, that's we're like under there. We're under there. We're, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to end I, that I, out. I, <laughs> My mouth was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you can maybe think twice. 130. Like, Am I a moron? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I think. I love the, <laughs> I love the under. It's I love a- how you just called me a moron. You bastard. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's 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 go and let's get into some, some more serious stuff. Yes. This is where we're going to put your guys' feet to the fire. It's time. For some hot, spicy takes from the salty sophomores. All right, boys, it's now time your uh, your time to shine. We're gonna start. We're not gonna do top tens or top three sophomores. We only want your top fives, right? So this isn't. If you thought making the top ten was hard, I'm sure a top five was harder. So let's hear you guys' top five. Don't really need any explanation. Let's just hear them and let's feel them. Preston. Yeah. Put me at number five, Brock Griffin at number four, Skyler. Brock Griffin. That's Brock new, Griffin. new rep. I, I mix that. Yeah, I've never met him. Yeah. So I'm going to put Brock at, at four. Skyler at number three, Zach Seager at number two, and Drew Hansen on top. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Love that. That's a great one. All right. Luke Laufenberg. Yeah, I would say, like, for the top five, it's so hard because, I mean, anyone could move around. They're all going to be in the top five. But I would say Skyler, Cody, Zach Seeger, Calvin Escobedo, and Drew Hansen. Can't doubt on Drew. No. That man, that man just does it every year. Yeah, he long. really does it pretty aggressive. All right. So, for my top five, uh, pretty similar stuff. I got Skyler at five. Sieg's at four, uh, Brock at three. He's such a dog. I got Drew at two and a little different. I got Cal at one. I, I believe in my guy, Cal. Cal, the top he's, he's spot. Smiling so ear happy. to ear. Yeah, he's he's fearless. Oh, So those are some good top fives. If you had to pick which one of those is going to be the closest to the real one, Preston, Luke, or Drew? Um. Oh, dude, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really – I like uh, – I like – Obviously, I like Drew and Luke's. Um, <laughs> I think that I, <laughs> just doesn't like. Me. I think I know. I just hate <laughs> yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Drews. Right, I, I, like, I like I like Drews. I but, I like but, I, but I love. But I love. Was Cody in yours? Uh, Cody would be my sixth. Yeah, I I mm. would I would see I would, that's where I would. Be I just a never different. met Sarge, so yeah, I'm excited for this. Oh, dude. oh, he's he's right. That, that he's on his horse. That he's charging. Nutty. All right, next up, we've got some verses. This is a quick knee jerk reaction. Who wins in a summer showdown? Ready? I'll do the first one. Justin Jones versus Roger Strom. Roger. Raj. 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 My initial was Justin. Justin. Two to one. Okay. Raj beat that one. Two to one. Sorry, Justin. Going to have to come out and get him. All right. Next pick. We've got Weston Allred. One of the most slept on in the company. Mm -hmm. Yep. Versus. What a docile guy. The guy. He's so sweet. One of the best in the company, Zach Rose. All right, Preston, you're first. I love Weston so much, but Zach Rose a thousand percent. Oh, Zach. All right, Luke. Um, I'm gonna take Weston. Okay. Just because man just works. He just <laughs> goes out there, doesn't say much, just puts in the hours. There's, a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of value in that. In a few words. I'm also on the Zach train here. So we have yep. two Zachs and one Weston. Makes sense. Yep. Uh I like Zach. Yeah, Zach's a tough beat. Weston, Weston, I just want Weston hearing this, and I just know he's just going to be scheming and plotting. Light the fire within. All right, next we've got our guy, Ryan Holding, versus Jay Walker. Preston. I'm I'm so on the Ryan Sawagi train. It's, it's crazy, actually. So you're Ryan. He's been putting in the work, absolutely. Yeah, and that guy's such a nice guy. He's such a sweetheart. He's actually he's a big dude. Such a nice Sweet guy. guy. Such a kind soul. Such a kind soul. Gentle Love giant, him. really. All right, Lukey. Well, I would say, like, since I've been out here, me and Ryan, we've been hanging out quite a lot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he definitely wants it. Like, out of everyone, like, that guy wants it. So I'm going to have to take Ryan just because I don't see him, like, not performing. Yeah. So Ryan beating old Jay. All right, and? I'll go with Jay just to stir it up. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ride for the other just guy. Just stir it up. Jay's yeah, a dog. You have to. Uh, my pick? Jay. Like Jay, dude. That guy's guy's hard. He's in St. George. He would be here every day if he was here. So was Ryan. I don't know. I like, I like Jay. I like a young blood coming up the ranks. I'm going Ryan. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to double down. I think Ryan is one of the most improved reps in the company of the next year. Okay. Like a Actually, 2X, 3X? I think he's 2X. Wow. Which is, which is we're talking 400K. Yeah. That's a crazy. Big, it's not I'm 100 crazy to 200. Right now, but yeah. I believe. But you're feeling it. But I believe. You're feeling it. All right. Last one. Corey Tagan versus... Mason 
Caligagno. That's so tough. I I I, I want I want to go Corey on this one. I love Mace. He has one of the dirtiest mustaches at the grit right now. Yeah, he's been working Filthy. on. He's been a lot of work. But mm-hmm. I just I've seen Corey. I love his work ethic. Yeah, and he wants it. So I think that's huge. Yep. All right, Luke. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go with Mason on this one. Um, same thing. I think he just wants it this year a lot. He has a couple guys under him, and I think that'll like motivate him. Um, plus, you got the the dirty muzzy going. It is filthy. Yeah, it's nasty. But hey, it's great. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know these two gentlemen that well. All right. But if someone has a nasty mustache, I'm gonna ride with him. <laughs> Dang. So I'm going with Mason. So we got two Mason, one Corey. What do you think, East? My guy Mace, the face of the Cancun Party Wave in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> he was the face of the Party Wave in Paradise, Absolutely. dude. But, but, big but. I'm I'm on the taking train, dude. dude. I am. I am. Call me insane. Full speed ahead. I'm, I'm not ta- crazy. I'm, train. I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. I <laughs> I'm on the taking train, and it's and a pop. I, it's aggressive to say, but yeah, I think Corey. He is. He's ready. He's ready to pop. I think. I don't know. All these guys are dogs. Okay, those were the hot takes. Mostly sophomores thrown in there, so hopefully we'll see some of those names rise up the ranks as well. But let's get right into some of the meat and potatoes. Easton, the time is yours. All right, boys, let's fly <laughs> through these. We've only got one year of background for you guys. <laughs> That's so, all. So maybe go through where you're from, who recruited you, what you did your first year, and then maybe like a goal, how many guys you have going out this next year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. My name is Preston from like Highland Alpine, Utah, right here in the county. And then Zach Seeger recruited me last year. This was my first year. I went out and did like 252 in revenue. And then it's like 340 accounts. This year, I got like 40 dogs going out right now. And then 1,000 accounts this summer. That is huge. Can it be done? I think so. All right, Luke. Yeah, um, so I'm from Wisconsin. Um, born and raised. Let's go, Wisconsin. Go Badgers. Um, last year was my first year. Um, I got recruited by Nathan Holly, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> no, um, we were up. friends just when we were, like, younger. He moved back to Atlanta, and I sw- slid up on one of his stories. Just kind of wanted to do something, like, that was in my control on how much, like, I make. I was sick of, like, the hourly jobs. Um, last year, I went out, sold 408 accounts, did 317 in Rev. Um, and this next year I'm bringing out eight guys from Wisconsin. So, Wisco versus the world, baby. Hell yeah. Wisco versus the world, Let's go Badgers, Badgers, baby. (laughs) All right, brother Wood. On that? I'm not so much on the Badgers train. No. (laughs) Neither are we. (laughs) (laughs) Who is? Uh, I'm from California. I was recruited by Ryan Jenkins Mm. and Easton Bunker. Yeah. Um, yeah, last year we bounced around from North Carolina to Michigan to Indiana, so we got to see the country quite a bit. Sure. What a, be- what a beautiful country. <laughs> see the sides. Yeah, beautiful beautiful nation. Um, I did about 380 counts, about 272K in rev. Uh, this year I got about 15 guys going out uh, from all over Hawaii, East Coast. So we're riding all over the place. Um, I want to do a Golden Door this summer. It's great. Yep. It's yeah. great. Boys, this question is to all of you, right? So we're going to – we can start with Brother Wood, right? In all of your guys' offices, you were some of the most elite on your teams, right? You guys were some of the most. Maybe you guys were the top. Maybe you were second, third, whatever. You guys were some of the best. What are some of the things that you felt like you did different than the other rookies in the office that kind of set you apart? 
right? Drew, what would you say? Um, I think I just expected more of myself, honestly. Like, I think I had bigger goals and bigger aspirations. Um, going out with the family probably helped as well because it was like, I got to make this work. I have, like, no option to kind of, like, pitter-patter and, like, let it be an okay thing. Like, I have to make it work. I have to make it be a great thing. So I just knew I was going to be good at it, and I just had to, like, execute. Obviously, knocking longer hours is a key factor, but I think it's just the mental state of, like, I expected way more out of myself than probably some other guys. And I'd say that's probably the biggest difference for me. Yes. All right, Lukey. Can you repeat the question one time? Yeah, right. Like, you were some of the most elite rookies in your office. What do you feel like you did different than other rookies in your office to kind of see the success that you had? Yeah, um, definitely. I would say, for me, it was just similar to, like, Drew's, like, there's no other option other than, like, to go out and succeed. And I tried to focus, like, mainly on, like, the things that I can control um, and, like, controlling, like, my emotions and controlling my time on the doors and everything like that because I really understood that I put myself in a corner and I, like, have to fight my way out. Um, And then, like, another really big thing that, like, motivated me in the summer to, like, put in the work is, like, either way – my mom, my dad, my sister, they're all going to be, like, away from me. Yeah. And they're going to miss me. Like, I might as well get more out of the summer than less and come back so that, like, they're not missing me for, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I can come back and, like, do something, like, way bigger and way better than, you know, just sitting on the curb. And that, that, that's probably the one of the biggest things with, with going out for the summer. It's like whether you're going to New Jersey, Indiana, or Ohio, you probably don't want to be out there. You don't want to yeah. be in Indianapolis for four months of your summer. So if you're out there, don't waste your time sitting on a curb. Dude, make, make the most of it. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? I feel like the only thing that you can ask for and, like, why a lot of people like this job is because, like, it's an opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's, like, up to you to, like, take advantage of that opportunity. So, like, don't miss it just because you're, like, lazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah at the end exactly. of the day. Exactly. All right, P-Man. I'd say mine's, like – way similar to Luke's I'd say a lot of it was like driven like I dude I had a way clear understanding it's like dude I love Lake Powell yeah I, I love my summers dude I love hanging out with my friends and my family but I had a pretty clear understanding it's like dude, if I'm moving across the country and I'm gonna be out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio it's like dude I'm not gonna like be average at this I'm gonna make the most of it yeah and I think to write off like what Drew said as well it's like dude I just expect so much more out of myself and I think I was driven by passion it's like I really wanted to go out and like proved myself that I could do anything that I put my mind to and that dude no no matter like if it was raining or if I had a hard day or like no matter what was going on I wanted to prove to myself that I can make the most of any situation because I I know that's like gonna carry so much further than just sales that's gonna carry into every aspect of my life which is like why be average right just yeah don't be average it's scary sucks to suck as our, yeah, as our boy John says <laughs> and sucking sucks and sucking, sucking sucks, sucks man uh Luke this is this is is more geared towards you you had a way slow start. Uh, I mean, I mean, how many did you sell in your first like month? Like thirty accounts? Yeah, like thirty something. Thirty. You ended up <laughs> selling over. It's so you crazy. ended up selling like over three hundred k, which is insane. I mean, you were selling thirty k a week mm-hmm. at the end there, which is kind of aggressive. So, I my question is, how did you not just settle with with being like, oh, I'll just be okay at this job? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll just be average at this job. I mean, you had every reason to convince yourself that, well, I did 30 my first month. I can just do 130 and get out of here with 20K and yeah. be good. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I heard this, but I remember when I was in San Antonio and Garth was doing one of the trainings, like I said this, 
Um, and I think it was kind of just like my mindset throughout the whole thing, even when things were like going bad is like success equals like hard work plus talent. And I was able to understand like in the beginning of the summer, my talent's not going to be at like the same level as anyone else or everyone else. But the one thing that I can focus on like early on is my work ethic. And if I'm on the doors more than everyone else, I'll be repping the pitch more than everyone else, which means I can make adjustments to create my talent and like put my talent higher up. And I think that's why like most people like ramp or like the people that ramp the most are the people that stay consistent with their work ethic from the beginning until the end. And then that talent is what really moves up. And that's where you start selling a lot more. I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It, it's, it's like, the grit like lingo is just part of these guys yeah. vocabulary yeah. that's like that's just what they know and like yeah, yeah everybody rams of course i was the ramp and like <laughs> the thing is is like early on like your work ethic is one of those things that you can control and when we talk about like controlling the controllable like things that might not go the best throughout like the beginning when you're learning but understand that you're learning and you're only going to get better yeah it's a skill and will thing right yeah. at the beginning of the summer your skill is really pretty low but your will was exceptionally high. Correct. And the higher your will is, the more your skill increases, it'll right? Catch, it'll catch and then up. all of a sudden, exactly. your skill catches up to your will, and you're selling, you know, 30, 34K, the biggest mm -hmm. rookie week, and you have a huge summer, and you sell 300K. So note that. If you're a rookie and you're going out to sell anything, note that. Your skill will be low at the start, but allow yourself the time and be patient enough with yourself in the process to allow your skill to catch up to your will. Because once that happens, now you're cooking. Now, now, now you're giving yourself a chance. Now you're experiencing what the job is meant to be. Yeah, for, I for, love it. For the fact of the matter, like no one's good at anything when they first start. And like the, the the tough part is a lot of the guys and girls that come out with us, they're like naturally gifted with the ability to talk to people. They're like naturally hardworking people. That doesn't mean you're going to be good at sales. You know, in like some people, they catch on to stuff really quickly. Sales is just a different animal. So be patient with yourself. So if you sell thirty your first month. You can still have a massive summer. Just relax, yeah. chill out, and ramp, right? All right, Preston, question for you. So you went out and had a massive summer, right? You did super, super well. How has the success that you've had this last summer turned around and helped you recruit? Because how many guys are you currently at a slid to go out with? I'm like like 40 solid dogs. Right 40 now. solid dogs. How has your success from last year helped you get to the point you're at now? Dude, I, I think the coolest thing about it at all is, like, I went out, and I appreciate the kind of words. I was able to go out and, like, work really hard and have a huge summer. And then when I came back, it's, like, all these kids, they understand. It's, like, holy cow, dude. If, like, Preston Strickland can go out and, like, make it happen, they all of a sudden, they're, like, dude, there's no reason that I can't go out and make it happen as well. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, it's a big, like, momentum thing. It's, like, dude, once I get, like, one solid guy, it's, like, okay, dude, like, let's paint the vision. Dude, I want you to know, like, I believe in you. And if I can do it, you can do it, too. And it's like, all right, dude, let's like go out and make this the best opportunity for you as well. And then that's when they start to recruit. And that's when the bandwagon really like the momentum just rolls and rolls and rolls. And I think it's like, I don't know. I was never like some crazy, like above average kid. And yeah. so these guys are like, dude, this is like possible. And it's like the same reason, like when we were in our recruiting meeting, Garth, like our very first like meeting ever, dude, you're like, dude, Zach Seager went out and made a hundred grand. And I was like, yeah that kid <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like that kid did it and i'm like dude this is like so possible so like dude i want everyone to feel like dude like this is something i can do and the biggest thing you have to do is do it right like that yeah. that's the biggest thing like, it, it makes recruiting so much easier when they know you they know what you've done they know what you can do 
and it just it just yeah it's when, so easy. when you're young and like you are a rookie it's typically like the prime whatever quote unquote prime of your recruiting career it's like you know the most people who are in the the most easy position to sell not to say that you can't recruit when you're older because yeah. you totally can but the reality is you go and you execute your first summer so much of recruiting year two then becomes who has the bigger stick in the room and if you do it better and you do it bigger than the other guy and the their other homie who sold at X, Y, and Z company, then you can say, well, listen, dude, you can go and do what he did and make X amount, or you can go and do what I did and make this amount. What would you rather do? And I, I think a huge part of it, too, is like when I started this job and when I went out and knocked, dude, I didn't have some big vision of like, dude, I'm going to go and rip so I can go out and recruit. And I can build a huge organization. Like, I think really breaking it down is like, dude, I was just trying to be the best version of myself. Yeah. I think that's like the coolest thing about it is like, dude, when I'm like consistently and like, dude, I'm still striving, right? Trying to be the best version of myself. There's so many people out there that do they want to reach like their potential. They want to be the best version of themselves. And when they've constantly see me try and do that day in and day out, they're like, dude, well, if he's trying to be the best version of himself, dude, like I'm going to jump on. And why not me? Why not me? Like, let's all do it together. And that's, and you made, you made my point for me. It's like, you didn't go out your first year looking to sell a ton so you could turn around and make a huge organization and a really impactful organization. But dude, that's what rookies should start to think about is you shouldn't, uh, yes, it's great to focus on and you should focus on being your best self. But if you want to treat this as like a long-term or even a three to five year play, that's exactly what you should be thinking your first year going out. I want to go out year one and sell more than all my buddies at other companies and make more than all my buddies at other companies. So then all my buddies at other companies are going to come and work with me and they're going to be here and I'm going to benefit and they're going to benefit because of it as well. And that's how I'm going to grow my organization. And that's, you know, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. I love it. Drew, this one is, this one is for you. You had an incredible year. You went out, you made six figures your first year doing summer sales. If you could go back and you could change one thing about your rookie year, if you can go back in time, what would you do differently? Um, what would I do differently? Nothing. <laughs> no, no, not a thing. <laughs> not a thing, baby. There's lots. There's lots. Honestly, um, and anyone that was in North Carolina or wherever knows this, I feel like I could have gone harder. And saying that sucks, honestly. And you just don't want to, like, say that. Um, so I think one thing that I would have liked to do differently is just, like, go all in. Like, I was – and a lot of guys on the team probably had a similar feeling, but, like, we were, we didn't feel like sales bros. We just kind of felt like we were out there, like, doing our thing, going to make good money. Um, but, like, once, like, you buy in 100% and, like, tell yourself, like, this is me and this is what I'm going to be doing, I feel like that's where you can just go 110% instead of giving it, like, 80, 90, where I felt like I was, like, giving it that range. I feel like I could have, like, knocked a little harder on Saturdays, all that good stuff. Um so I think just meeting my potential is what I would have liked to do better. It's just like John always talks about like the performance and potential, like minimizing that gap. I would have liked to have done that a little bit better last summer. And it is tough, right? When it is your first year, it's tough to have that vision your first year though. You know what I mean? Like you go out your first year, just like, oh, if I can make 30, 40 grand, that'd be sick. Then all of a sudden you're on pace to make 60, 70, 80, 100. And it's like, dude, what are we talking about? Like, I'm good. You know, I came out here to do X and I'm, I, I did that in May. Not for Luke, yeah. obviously, but for everybody else, right? <laughs> like, and, and, but I think that you obviously caught the vision maybe in this offseason. So you think this next year you'll pull that more into your second year? 
like I'm just I'm gonna go so much harder than I did last year. Like I think like what motivate what's honestly motivating me a ton right now is like I haven't been included in a single like top three sophomore list. Yeah. And that's like, whoa, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come yeah. on, what are you talking I'll about? I was pretty it. good last year. Yeah, you weren't bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um so I just I, I need to prove to a lot of guys that like I can go hundred percent and for my own guys, like I'm gonna do that. Yep. So everyone can be brought up. I love that. All right. Hey, you heard it from him. All right, Preston. This question was an easy one to come up with for, from us. So you are one of the nicest, kindest, <laughs> most angelic people, right, at the whole company, probably that I've ever met in my entire life, right? But you sold at this extremely high level. One of the biggest excuses that we'll get is, this, dude, I'm just too nice. I'm just too nice on the door. And shoot, Preston, me and you had this talk this year, right? Because yeah. you are extremely nice. One of the biggest problems on the doors is rookies, shoot, vets as well, let people just walk over them, right? Because they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want to big dog anybody or whatever it is. What did you do this last year? What did you implement to not get walked all over? To, to maybe, yeah, you are super nice, but turn that and then use that. What did you do this last year? Well, dude, I, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, I, I, exactly. Nice, <laughs> he comes in like a like a monarch butterfly, <laughs> just so soft. I appreciate no, I, your I, kind I words. <laughs> it says Garth Massey and Easton Bunker. That's the craziest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Dude, I, I'd say, dude, I didn't go out and like try to act like John Taylor. Yeah. I didn't go out and try to act like Zach Seager. I didn't go out and try to act like someone I wasn't. Dude, and, like people are like, oh, dude, like you're too nice to go out and sell and like sell well. Oh my. Dude, like, no, I'm going to use that to my advantage every single day. Yeah. So, dude, like, when it comes down to it, it's like, dude, I'm still myself, right? And, like, dude, I can, like, look at this sweet soccer mom, and she's like, oh, I don't know if I, we, like, really want to do it right now. And I just give her, like, one of those smiles. I'm like, I see where you're coming from. So, like, <laughs> let's, let's seriously, like, let's make it happen, right? And, and I think that's, like, the biggest thing about it is, like, dude, I'm not going to go and act like someone I'm not. Yeah. And I think, dude, like, when I truly am, like, myself, dude, people can feel like I'm super genuine and I'm super kind. Dude, those are, like, the type of people that, like, I want to be around. Yeah. So, it's like, dude, I knock on someone's doors. Like, dude, I want to be the best part of their day. And maybe speak to your persistence then, right? Like, if, if that sweet soccer mom says no, how do you – you say, like, how, how do you stay persistent and stay nice? It's just, like, I can – it's just, like, it's just a full-on, like, who wants it more thing. And I think that's a huge cow thing. And people are looking at it, it's like, oh, that has to be, like, an aggressive battle, right? But, like, dude, I can do that in, like, the nicest way possible. Yeah. It's like I continue to stay persistent, and I continue to just, like, go the rounds. And then I think, like, a huge part of it is, like, dude, I'm, I'm just going to hit him with a smile. I'm going to yeah. come on. And it's just, like, with that's a smile like that. It, it works. <laughs> can't no. teach that. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but, like, I, I think it has to go, like, way deeper than that. I don't think it can just be, like, oh, like, I'm just going to be myself and be nice. It's like, dude, it's like, I have to have a real reason that I'm out there. Yeah, I have to have like a real clear reason of like, dude, why I'm knocking on their door and why I want to go out and like sell above average. And when like my why was so extremely clear day in and day out, it didn't make it hard for me to like make myself uncomfortable and go out of my comfort zone to be like, okay, like, no, I'm going to like sell well, it's still be myself. But it's like, I think a big part of it's like my why. Love that. It's huge. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I think if your why is big enough, like little stuff like that on the door is just doesn't matter. Just the how is irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. It's a great quote. So Drew always says it's like he'll sit in the river with me. It's like dude, like if you're like why is so big, it's like, dude, whatever it takes to get there is like super irrelevant. And it just like doesn't matter. And I cannot agree more. Yeah. Luke, your situation is way unique. Like, dude, you're Wait, from t- time out one second, dude. 
Are you seeing that giant lion tat on Luke's left arm? Yeah, this <laughs> that thing. This is the heart. Covers it up immediately. <laughs> should <laughs> should should be on his heart. I couldn't. I couldn't continue with this podcast without bringing up that giant lion tattoo this, on his left this, arm. Because this guy's got the heart of a lion. <laughs> yes. The question the question is this, dude. You're you're in a way different circumstance and situation than these two guys, dude. You're from Wisconsin. You didn't grow up on like the West Coast where door to door is way more common. No mission, nothing like that. So this is for all of those like reps and rookies that didn't grow up in Utah. They're not as familiar with door to door. They didn't grow up with like Vivint, you know, right around the corner, right. whatever. Dude, just how good has this opportunity been from like an outside perspective? Someone totally out of state. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like growing up, I always wanted to be entrepreneurial. I was always entrepreneurial, like mindset. Like I would sell like rocks on the corner from the railroad tracks and just like stupid stuff like, like that. Sell like, rocks. Yeah. Okay. No like, wonder this guy sold three hundred. <laughs> sell rocks. Yeah, huh? they were cool rocks, man. And then <laughs> Wisconsin baby. And then uh like sophomore year, freshman year of uh college, I was playing football and I also um like ran a painting business like on the side. And entrepreneurial was like always like the way I wanted to go. I wanted to like pull myself up by like my own two strings. And I think, um, like, this opportunity for me was just, like, such a big blessing. And you have to understand that just because um, you live in Wisconsin and that's all you know, like, there's a ton of opportunities outside of Wisconsin. And it's, like, your duty to, like, find those opportunities and, like, take advantage of it. It might be, like, nerve-wracking at the beginning, but, like, the people who are willing to, to, like, take that risk, like, big risk comes, like, big reward and, um, I would say, like, that's the biggest thing for me. So I love it. And so what, at first, because I, th- I think it's worth diving into this a little bit, because the net of the landing pad is getting wider and wider, and there's right. people out of state who listen to this a ton. And so my question would be, like, dude, at first, when you were hearing about this thing from this homie from your childhood who now lives in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's like, now you're going to be in Indianapolis, and all, all these things, all way uncomfortable and, like, unfamiliar, it's like, what were some of the things that you kept telling yourself that got you out there and did you didn't get cold feet? How right. did you fight off the cold feet, get yourself out to, to market and, and yeah. dive in? Yeah, I totally um, burnt all my bridges. Um, I decided that I wanted to go out early, like that first summer in April. Um, so I took that semester off of college and um, – I was talking with my mom and she was like, no, like you can't drop out of school. Um, so I told her like, well, what if I go um, volunteer um, in like South Africa for like two months? So I kind of negotiated that with her so I could get out to the area a little, <laughs> a little <Natural>. sooner. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I dropped out of school, went to South Africa for like two months. And then I knew that like, that was my only option. Um, I wasn't like not going to go out and, not succeed after spending two after months in Africa. <laughs> two months in South Africa, yeah. But I would say, um, just like diving all in, not having like like cutting ties, burning bridges, and taking a risk on yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's the only risk that you should be taking is on yourself. Bet on yourself. Yeah, it is crazy. Like the the, the people that do go all in, right before they get out there, a few months before they show up. You know, they they fill up their bank. They they take the time, they burn the boats, and like it, it is it is what it is, dude. That's awesome. That's and awesome. also, I'd like to add to that too. I feel like 
for me like i realized that like not everyone like has the same path like not everyone needs yeah. to go to school not everyone like needs to do this and i kind of lost that stress of like doing what everyone else wanted and i just did like what felt right to me and stopped caring about like everyone else's like opinions sure, like the on what pressures, I do. Yeah. the expectations i'm gonna go and like make it like on my own do what makes sense to me yeah maybe. dude that's powerful and it's working hey you're killing it from selling rocks to selling bug juice that's right. all right uh drew so for you right you are one of the the older rookies that went out with us this last year right you are married how long have you been married by the way two years two years you are as of three weeks ago a new father to ba- beautiful baby brooks Right, beautiful baby. Oh, I love that. I love that. Love that name Shoot, too. Kid. How has your execution as a rookie set you up and your family up for long-term success? Um, I think, I think with everything in success, um, you have to bet on yourself, but also like you have to be set up in a good environment. Yeah, that that's like key. To, like you have to have a little bit of luck in success, right? So I think just being part of the grit. And being part of the grit family, like I feel so secure here. I feel so secure with like my family. Um, whatever, whatever it ends up being that we do, like I'm so here for life because I just feel like this is going to be the best path for my family. Compared to like before, I was at the grit. I felt a little more lonely. Like I felt like it's more on myself. Yeah. But now I feel like I have a family to support me to help support my family. If that makes sense. So um, going out and then executing in the summer obviously was huge. Um, that just sets up a lot more like opportunity as far as like um, you can invest. And then my brothers are in. So I'm like, I'm like my brothers are coming with me. So I'm like expanding my family here at the grid as well. And like I said, I just feel way more secure being set up in such a great environment that it just makes sense to work hard and take full advantage of it. And Drew, to, to, to ask a follow-up question, we sit through tons of meetings where people are either getting married or they're having a kid and they use that as the opposite of what you use it. You use it as fuel and a reason to go out and bet on yourself. But there's tons of people who are on the inverse of that. And they use that as a reason to not go out and sell, to not go out and give it a try, to not go out and burn their boats and to be all in. What would you say to those people? Well, it's like, I think honestly for my family, the grits probably been one of the best things that's ever happened to us because like I was working at Texas roadhouse like serving tables, Hell yeah. making like 20 an hour at best. It's like, you don't want to do that for your family. I mean, it's not a bad option. I don't want to like, don't get me wrong, but like you want, you want to like broaden your dreams and broaden like what you, your family can do. So I think doing sales and being at the grit has totally done that for me and my family. It's like, it's just expanded my vision of like what my family can accomplish and what like, it's like helped me heighten what I want for my family too. And I think for all the guys out there that, are kind of pitter-pattering about whether they should try it, whether they should do it. It's like, if you're married and you're motivated, you, you're going to succeed because, like, you have no other option. So you're going to succeed. You might as well try it out because you have that extra motivation compared to single guys. Like, we have to provide for our families, and we, we got to do what we got to do. So if you go out there, um, just know that, like, if you're willing to bet on yourself and work hard, you're going to set yourself up just so much more than you're, like, capable without trying it out. And it, take, a, take that one step further, right? We ran the report on earnings. And this is a plug for like right the the, the married couples or the soon to be married couples or shoot the soon to be married with or married with a kid uh, group. We ran some numbers because we wanted to see right what what you know what demographic performed the best and married reps outperformed single reps right. And me and John were sitting down with Reed Reed Goodman, what a guy, 
author of great guy. a great book with the long title. <laughs> oh yes, the, to be <laughs> but, a great I, but I but I actually did read it, and it's great, and oh, it's, it's great. So, it's, He's it's the great. guy. Yeah, we were sitting down with Reed, and right, we were just talking about like, dude, when you're married, and this is a plug. I think you know, we're three of us in this room are married. Um, yeah, it, it just it gives you more of a purpose. It gives you more of a drive, and if you're married, it just dude, you got something. It's not like so much waiting for you back when you get home after a long day of selling, but it's like you know why you're out there selling, right? It just it just keeps you going. It expands your why. So if you're on the fence about doing this and you're married or you're about to get married, you should do this. There's way more of a reason to do this than if you're a single rep. Yeah, I'm not saying single reps can't. No, and they I, do, I just obviously. He's like totally motivated and like he burnt his ships. But like when you have to go home at the end of the day and like tell your wife like how your day went, and like she, you can kind of see either pure joy or kind of disappointment. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like the first day, I didn't get any sales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, babe. Okay. Um, okay. We'll make it work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, getting to go home, like, oh, I had a 13 day today. So excited for you. Like, yeah. that just moves you a little bit more, right? Yeah. More than the average. 100%. All right. Want to finish it up? Easton. Let's Let's wrap it up and bring it home, guys. So, you've all worked with us for one year. In that one year, what is the biggest change that you've seen within yourself as a human? Whether it could be a sales thing, it could be a life thing, preferably a life thing. What is the biggest change you've seen within yourself, whether it's a perspective change or a change within your nature, that you've seen because of the people that you've been surrounded by and your time working with the grit? We'll start with Preston and move down. Well, I, I think it's pretty interesting, um, especially that Garth like says all those like crazy nice things about me and it's so interesting. I'll sit down with like all these rookies and they're like, dude, like how are you so confident? Like how are you like so positive all the time? How do you have like such a good attitude and like perspective on life? And they just think that it's always been that way for me. Yeah. And I think something that I, I, I want everyone to know is like, dude, I've never I like I never was that confident kid growing up. I was never like super secure about who I was. I was like always insecure. And like I didn't have that confidence and I didn't have the mental toughness and like that's not who I was. Yeah. And but I think like the biggest thing that the grit has done for me is like, dude, I like met Zach and he's like, dude, successful people read books. I'm like, oh dude, I don't like reading books. He's like he's like, dude, you gotta do like things that are like gonna make you mentally more tough. And he's like, dude, you should start running. I'm like, oh I hate running, right? And I started doing like these little things like day after day. And I, I would go on these runs. I did an Ironman. I did, like, a marathon. I did all these things that, like, I don't generally, like, like to do. And it's crazy that because, I, like, I, it's, like, I didn't just magically get, like, to the confidence I have today. But it's, like, I slowly would take those steps. And I would slowly become more confident. And I would be, like, holy cow, if I can do that hard thing, dude, I can do, like, a little bit more. And, like, do my perspective and, like, my belief in myself would slowly, slowly, slowly grow and become more. And so, dude, like, my big message would be, like, Dude, it's okay if you're not the most confident in the room. It's okay if, dude, it's like you're not exactly like where you want to be. Just like understand it's like, dude, you can grow and you can like become the person that you want to become. And you will be like continue to like grow your belief within yourself. And I think another huge takeaway from like the grit, this is like continue like seriously like bless my life, is I think it's like truly giving me like a way bigger perspective on life on like what's like truly like important to me. Yeah. And I think like a big thing is like, I remember I have a, a, like a very unique, like family situation. And when times would get like super hard in the summer, I have like a little brother, his name's Mason. He's like 14. He's like in a little manual wheelchair and he like could walk until the age of nine. He had a heart transplant. And then all of a sudden he's put in a wheelchair 
And then I have a brother that's like 17 and he's in pure tutor and he's like on the autism spectrum. And it's like, dude, when times would get hard and because I'm surrounded by all these people that are like super positive and have like such good attitudes all the time. Well, it's like, dude, like I'd be having a hard day and all of a sudden I'm like, dude, my little brother Mason would do absolutely anything in the whole entire world to do literally have a healthy body and be going door to door right now in the middle of like a random neighborhood in Ohio. Like he would do anything in the world to do that. And my little brother Ammon, it's like, dude, he'll live with like my parents forever. And I know he has like such a like important purpose on this earth, but dude, he'll never have the opportunities like get married and have an impact, like, like go out and like get a real job and do the things I can do and like have real conversations with people. And all of a sudden dude, like some of my hardest days would turn into the best days when I really have like a bigger outlook and a bigger perspective on life. I'm like, holy cow, dude, I have so much to be grateful for. And like, dude, knocking doors in the middle of the heat in Ohio actually isn't that bad. Yeah. And if I'm, I'm already out here, dude, I'm going to go out and like, I'm going to make the most of it. And dude, like I seriously, like there's so many things that I could have mentioned, but like, dude, my perspective on life has changed. My belief within myself has changed. I'm way more confident. I'm way more secure. And it's like, dude, now it's like, I, I know I can do anything I put my mind to. It's powerful. Luke. Yeah. And I just would like to add that Mason, uh, did beat me in Madden. He did. On Thanksgiving, uh, he killed you. Yeah, Preston had me come over for Thanksgiving, which was way nice just because I was out here in Utah. And I think, like, one thing that has changed for me is, like, being surrounded by, like, people like that who, like, are so nice and, like, will invite you over for, like, Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Like, it made me want to, like, be that same way, right? And, like, I realized and I understood that, like, for me to, like, make an impact, like, it's not just about like like money it's more about like what you can do for like these people and like help them on like a personal level and whatnot because for me like this summer like the main thing that like changed the most is like my my like emotional intelligence just got like way better where just like with running I think like why running so good is because you're put in like hard situations and you create the habit of like deciding to like push forward and that habit then like goes to like your subconscious where like you don't even have to think about it anymore you're just going to keep pushing and like in the summer you start to recognize like how you feel and like you start to find like tools to like go back to like a good state of mind and like when I was in college um I've been through like some like dark times or whatever and knowing that like from the doors I learned like these habits or like these tools on like what I should do to like you know be in a better mindset or headspace makes me feel like a whole lot more comfortable um like even outside and like off the doors um so that's what I would say like what motivates me and like the difference is like I want to give that same opportunity to some like college kid that doesn't feel like he's like on the right path Mm -hmm. and like to be able to have that like power is like I, I don't take it lightly. Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, that's the biggest difference is just, like, knowing myself. And I think, like, in the summer, like, knowing yourself is, like, super important. I love that. All right, Brother Wood. I don't know if there's much more to add after those two. Oh. That, that was special. Um, for me, I feel like in my life the biggest difference, and this has come from, like, working hard, from sitting in meetings with, like, all these guys being surrounded by, I mean, we've, We've touched on this a lot, but being surrounded by such, like, wonderful, beautiful people, um, I feel like I'm finally a dreamer. I've always been, like, a super realist, if you know me. Like, I'm a huge, like, numbers guy. I've always been, like, just, like, 
like always like what's the bare minimum or like what like what's like the worst that can happen and but now it's more like well what's the best that can happen and what what can i do with this opportunity right so i mean especially from just hearing like ben and like um what he says is like if you're dreaming like dream bigger and like i took that really seriously and so now i feel like in my life for for my family for myself instead of just being a realist and, and just like kind of expecting the worst i'm definitely leaning towards like well, what is the best opportunity? What is the best? What's the biggest dream I can have? And how, what am I going to do? What do I have to do to execute to make that dream come true? So I'm just a dreamer now instead of minimalist. Man, <laughs> thought, thought we were sitting down with three kids and like, yeah, no, that's what I, just happened. One hour went by and sweet Moses. Lives were changed. You guys, that was deep. That was inspiring. That was awesome. I think that the everyone is going to listen to this and, and, and have huge, huge takeaways. So, you guys, thanks so much for, for popping on. We are like, so excited to see what you three do, right? This this next summer, I know you guys are going to pop off, and I think you guys are going to be some of the big dogs, right? As the older guys start to, you know, get a little too salty, you guys are right there to take the it's torch. It's the next generation, man. It's crazy. You Taking guys, the torch. So awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Guys, it's been an incredible episode. This is one of the ones where I, I can truthfully say we laughed, we cried. <laughs> we laughed, we cried, never were in between. Preston, Luke, Drew, some of the best guys you'll ever meet, better salesmen. I mean, it's just the well, whole vice versa. Actually. <laughs> it's like, good guys, uh, better salesmen. Good guys, better salesmen. <laughs> Say uh, Yeah, this has been an incredible episode. This is one you listen to, re-listen to it. Rookies especially, take notes. Yeah. For this episode of The Landing Pad, thank you, boys. We're out. Thank you.